Fayetteville wins the slugfest against Rogers at Harmon Field and remains unbeaten at 5-0. Another showdown looms for the Purple Dogs next week in Bentonville. But first, we've got the Battle of Springdale and some exciting 5A West games on tap. All this and much, much more on this week's Prep Rally. You're listening to the Prep Rally Podcast. Now, here's your host, Graham Thomas. Welcome to the Prep Rally Podcast, sponsored by West Termite Pest and Lawn. I'm Graham Thomas with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm joined live in the studio with Rick Fires, NWA sports reporter legend, and Leland Barclay joins us from the River Valley. And guys, man, I am still buzzing, still buzzing all these days later about that Fayetteville Rogers game last week. I mean, you just... You just don't recover from something like that. What a night, Rick. Yeah, man, I kind of snuck out there. You know, I wrote a column on it. and You know, you, you still got to hustle that up. But, man, figuring up all them stats and numbers and trying to get everything right. And uh, so I kind of slipped out on you there. <laughs> yeah, but, you did, you, you I, did disappear. I, like, I was like well, where's Rick at? I need some well, like, moral support here. Nah, I couldn't give you any moral support. I mean, it was a three-plus-hour game. Just numbers, stats. Uh, very, it, it was an exciting game. I'm but still counting some, up stats, by the way. Yeah, but let me say there was a couple of defensive stops in there. You know, we'll talk about that later. But uh, excellent game, lived up to the building for sure. Man, I mean, you know, well over a thousand yards of offense between the two teams. Uh, not neither of them could really run the ball, which was just really amazing. Uh, it's, it's such a a dominant you know, passing game performance. And I don't know that I've ever covered a game like that. You know, that the evolution of the passing game has made it such that. My goodness. You know, I. Well, just think about this. Uh, your quarterback throws six touchdown passes and you don't win the game. I mean, <laughs> that to me, 20 years ago, they were unheard of. Yeah. It just, it just goes to show you what, what, uh, how the game has changed. Um, you know, Fayetteville with a 47 to 42 victory over Rogers. You know, really the game could have gone either way. I mean, Rogers, you know, had a chance to win. And, and Leland, I don't know uh, how much you were able to get get from this, but uh, I'll, I'll just kind of break down the how how this all played out. So Fayetteville was ahead 45 to 42, and Rogers had the ball deep in their own territory, but they were backed up on their four yard line. And they, they're going to have to punt out of their own end zone. And Rodgers made the decision at that point to go ahead and take a safety so they could kick off from their own 20-yard line and try to get pin, the ball back. Yeah, yeah. And try to get the ball back and, yeah. and, and at least have a little more field position. Okay, well, that didn't exactly work out that way because mm. Fayetteville returned the punt, I believe, to the Rodgers side of the field about the 47-yard yeah. yeah. line. And you're thinking, okay, well, that didn't really work out the way they wanted it to, except the Rodgers defense did hold. Fayetteville had to punt, and the snap, the punt snap went over the, over the Fayetteville punter's yeah. head, and all of a sudden, Rodgers has the ball on the 23-yard line yes. with a couple minutes left. It was like, the plan worked. <laughs> you know, now they've got a chance to go win the game. Of course, you know, the very next snap, you know, there was a fumble on the on the exchange between – Jacob Jenkins and Dane Williams, the Rodgers quarterback, mm-hmm. Fayetteville recovered. I believe it was Jeff Miller who recovered it. Yes. And, you know, Fayetteville did get one rushing first down on the very next uh, offensive possession to be able to to run off the rest of the clock. And, you know, 
the way that game finished, you know, with a defensive uh, struggle after all the offense, you know, it just shows you how ironic it was. I mean, yeah. so that that that's the big story from up here: five hundred and thirty-five yards passing for Drake Lindsey. Dane Williams had a really good game too for Rodgers. I mean, he was he was you know, those Rodgers receivers are really good. I mean, you know what? I noticed how tall they are. They're they they are big old boys. They're six three, six four. Except for little Regan, you know, he's a little scat back oh, kind of yeah. guy. But they're they're t- I mean, they are they are for real. They can really tear up a defense. Yeah, you know, and the uh, so you had Verser for Rodgers, Jenkins, Cash, Garner, Regan, uh, Braxton Lindsay. We had to bring out the B Lindsay instead of the D Lindsay. Yep, we had lots of Lindsays going at each other there. Uh, that's that's for Rodgers. They had big nights. Jason Delamar, man, 13 receptions for 170 yards. Clue what? Second play from scrimmage, right? Oh, yeah, 84 yards on the second yep. play uh, to the house. And then uh, Mason Spencer, boy, what a game he had. Eight yep. catches for 156 yards and three scores. So, Leland, I'm sure there was a lot to take in when, when you got the box score there. Oh, yeah, I couldn't wait to get that. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen a game or if there has ever been a game actually – where there have been 12 touchdown passes, you know, combined in a game. I mean, that's just six by each quarterback. Uh, and, you know, those guys alone, they actually threw for more yardage than what was gained in the game because, um, you know, Fayetteville rushed for one yard. Rodgers had a negative 41 yards rushing. So those guys combined to throw for more yards than there was in the game. Uh, you know, offense wow. and then 20 penalties, 10 by each one, uh, eight different receivers in the game caught touchdown passes four for each one. So this is just a, uh, 101 passes thrown combined in the game. <laughs> so this is just a, a stat gold mine, uh, to be able to go back and look at this. And I'll imagine in the game, it was, it was hard to really, um, maybe soak in during the time because it was all happening so fast, I'm sure. Well, it was happening fast because both of them like to run a hurry up. So, you know, you're, you're trying to, in a lot of these plays, you're trying to figure out, you're doing the math in your head. I once saw there, there was a wheel that someone used to have to be able to figure out, you know, the yardage on, on things like really quickly. Uh, I've got to find me this thing because <laughs> like, you know, they can put, you know, the two, you know, where the, where the, the, the line of scrimmage was where it ended up and it, you know, you move the things in place and it automatically comes up with it. And I'm sitting here having to do the math <laughs> and, you know, so, but I think, I think we got it all correct at the end of the day. Um, I'll tell you what, you know, Chad Harbison, you know, we talk about the, the we were talking about the Fayetteville defensive line and, and for whatever reason, when I was uploading all my videos, I couldn't get his to upload. It was just a crazy night. But you know, he talked about that Fayetteville defensive line, and the reason why Rodgers had negative forty-one yards rushing is because they couldn't they couldn't block the Fayetteville defensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys, Dane Williams was running all over the place, and Trey, they dominated the game. Trey Lyle, big defensive end, right there. Yeah. He's a dominant player. Yeah, be watching for him later on in the season. So you know, and and Rodgers. It, it, Eventually, they just kind of gave up on the running game. I mean, they they realized that that wasn't for the second week in a row. I might add, they 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 just weren't able to run the football. You know what? Didn't Jenkins such a uh, uh, Jacob uh, such a great receiver? Oh man, out of backfield. Yeah. I have no problem putting him out there in the slot or something. He scored that what sixty eight yarder, yeah, uh, real early for Roger, and he just went zoom. Yep, 
And, you know, Fayetteville, Christian Setzer did have 59 yards on 19 carries. Um, you know, they, they were able to run it a little bit. Now, that they, they get the one net yard because of all the sacks they had of, uh, of Drake Lindsey. It looks like they sacked him. Well, he had seven carries for minus 24 yards. But, Rick, just like you pointed out in your column on, uh, on Saturday morning, the dude could scramble a little bit too. That made made a difference in making some plays because Rodgers could not get him on the ground at some point. You know what? He's uh, viewed by I guess college recruiters as a pocket passer. I never have any problem with the pocket passer. I already, uh, but he showed right there in that last series. He scrambled uh, for about 15, 20 yards at one time to get a first down, getting Rodgers territory, and then on the game, the eventual game-winning touchdown uh, to Graves. Um, he rolled right, and his receiver was going to the middle, and then he turned when he saw his quarterback rolling right. He rolled right. And Drake, man, he showed some versatility, some agility, and uh, I know a lot of coaches fall in love with the R, you know, run-pass option kind of quarterback. But this kid, he's a big kid at 6'5". He can ward off some of the defenders. You know, he can just push him over with his hand. Get off me, boy. And he can, he can move some. So just to categorize him as a pocket uh, stand in the pocket kind of guy. No, he showed there that he can move and he can extend plays and make plays. Yeah. So, you know, Fayetteville gets the big win and they they improved to five and zero. Rogers, man, they got a really good good offense and they, you know, and we talk about defensively. Yeah, they gave up a lot of yards and a lot of big plays. They made some plays too. I mean, for a while there, Rogers was in control of the game and they had gotten a couple stops and, um, you know, just a couple breaks and maybe we're talking about the Mounties winning this game too. You know, down over in uh, just up the road on I forty nine over in Bentonville, Bentonville and and Southside really had a shootout too. Leland, um, fifty to thirty eight, uh, probably a little bit different kind of a shootout than what we saw uh, in Fayetteville, but still nevertheless eighty five points being scored, a lot of yards again for both offenses, and just uh, looks like another fun seven A West ball game. Well, again, over a thousand yards of offense. Yeah. So it's just uh, wow. Carter and I, uh, 481 yards passing, six touchdowns. You know, he's got his name in the record book now. And I don't know if if has anybody been able to guard C.J. Brown all season? Yes, no. seven. Yes. There, there was one. Bentonville Rockhurst shut him down. He yeah. he had two catches for yeah. maybe 24 yards, and you know, and and. He has responded the last couple of weeks. Yep. Yeah, he had seven catches for 215 and touchdown catches of 75 and 66 yards. Uh, Southside still was able to run the ball some, 43 carries for 279, and that looks good. But, you know, this is a Southside team that the first two games of the season had over 400 yards rushing. So a great job by Bentonville's defense, too, to be able to hold them to 279 yards on the ground. Yeah, and, you know, coming into this one, I felt like Southside was going to be able to score some points. I mean, they're they're just really, really good offensive football team. And, you know, but Bentonville's got some weapons. And, you know, Coach Dameron and, and Henry's story just said, you know, it's just hard for us to match up with these guys. And, you know, that may be the case for some of these other 7A West teams down the road and, you know, Looking just a little bit ahead, you know, not this week, but next week we do have Bentonville and Fayetteville, Rick. So 
Yeah, um, but uh, they uh, was got to take care of business this week. Well, that's true because they're going to be heading down down the mountain, as we say up yep. here. They're heading down the mountain into the River Valley, and we'll talk more a little bit about that one uh, a little bit later in the show. Um, Bentonville West, you know, got back in on the winning column. They beat Springdale. Well, uh, wait a minute. Their quarterback only had five touchdown passes. Man. man. What's going on? <laughs> 254 yards and only five touchdown passes? Uh, I'm kidding for sure. Yeah, you know, Springdale had 343 rushing yards. Uh, it was, uh, you know, they just didn't quite have, you know, enough efficiency, I guess, against Bentonville West or, or couldn't slow them down. Um, again, though, uh, another high-scoring ball game. Uh, I think we, we – I, I thought that one could go the high scoring route. I thought maybe Springdale would score a few more points than they did, but so they just changed the rules since the the game is involved. So just first to fifty, first team to fifty points wins. Right, because they're at forty seven, forty two, forty seven. Wow, these are kind of like video game numbers a little bit. Yeah, and then uh, Springdale Harbor gets a, a very lopsided win against Rogers Heritage. Uh, they were up fifty four to zero at the half and. Um, you know, I got that was Coach Brent Eckley's yeah, first, uh, first win, first yeah. win at Springdale High. I got to visit with him on Saturday morning. I think they were everybody was kind of you know relieved to get that one off their back, and especially uh, after the rough um, schedule they played, they had a really yes awfully tough schedule. Yeah, I mean, I you know I don't know how you could have made it any tougher for them when you go Parkview, uh, Bixby, Mustang, Oklahoma, and Bentonville in, in yeah. the first four weeks. I mean. Yeah, you find me a team that can get through that. He, he and deserves a break. So, um, you know, and, of course, you know, now, and, again, later in the show we'll talk about it, but um, we've got the Battle of Springdale coming up this week. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, in a rivalry game, uh, it's going to be a, a good, fun night out at uh, Harbor for that one. Um, we're going to look at a couple of, uh, of 5A or some 5A West games uh, for sure up here and in the River Valley and then the 4A1. Uh, a little bit surprising. P. Ridge kind of took it on the chin against Dardanelle, Rick. Uh, you know, Dardanelle, I, I kind of thought we thought maybe, you know, P. Ridge is rolling after beating Prairie Grove. Maybe they go into that home game and win. And Dardanelle just took it to him. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I haven't seen any of the uh, live stream or anything. But, man, I, I am surprised by that one. And now, you know, P. Ridge could go face a tough Alma team. So, uh, when, just when you think they're, you know, rolling, 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 if you take the eye off the ball, the cliche right there, and, you know, bad things happen. Well, and another team that would kind of been rolling, I thought would keep rolling, but kind of run, ran into a buzzsaw on Friday night, that's the Lincoln Wolves. Um, they they lost to Gravit, and, you know, yep. we, we talked about that one last week. We thought that could be a, a good Gravit's game. Gravit's good, yeah. And, you know, Gravit gets a pick six to, for what ended up being the winning points. Uh, Lincoln did score. Late, went for two to try to tie, uh, didn't get it, and um, then Gravit recovered the onside kick and got the win. So uh, Kelby Bohannon and the boys at Gravit, the Lions, uh, get him a big win. You know uh, what? I talked to Lincoln Coach as one, as one of my notes before that game. And I said, man, how do you keep your kids? Because uh, now Lincoln's got to play Ozark. Yeah. So that that's, you know, uh, and – parlance about people gambling that's called a trap game when you got a team you think you can beat and then you don't beat them you're looking ahead to a much what on paper much tougher game 
and that happens a lot. I, I, I'm not saying they looked ahead uh, to Ozark because Gravit's really, really good, but, man, that puts them in a little tougher position now. Yeah, it sure does. So as we move down to the River Valley, the, the conversation starts and ends with what Jackson Daly did at Alma the other night wow. against Farmington. So, Leland, I mean, you know, maybe you can help us put it in perspective, but, you know, he set an Alma rushing record, right, for 320 yards against a really good Farmington defense, I thought. You know, really scrappy Farmington team. And then he passed for another, you know, what, another 120 or 50 or whatever it was. I mean, just he was our player of the week, no doubt. I mean, yeah, just think how uh, Alma's always had a – they're tough. Uh, they're strong. I'm sure they they've had a lot of guys rush for a lot of yards through the years, including his, his, his daddy um, Adam Daly. So that was really stunning performance, wasn't it, Leland? Yeah, you know we did a story. I guess right as the season was starting, maybe right before it started, on Jackson Daly being a quarterback, and how that was kind of viewed in the family. You know, his dad or his his grandfather Marvin Daly. Yeah. Uh, his nickname was Freight Train. Yep. And he played fullback and linebacker. So that tells you what kind of player he was. And, of course, then his dad, Adam Daly, he had a cousin, Lee Daly, and a cousin also, Clark Moore from Van Buren. And yep. all those guys were tough. They All all of them played linebacker. Uh, the Daly's also played, uh, you know, fullback. Uh, Clark Moore was one of the best catchers to ever come through this area. So those guys were tough, hard-nosed guys. And then here's Jackson who's a quarterback. Well, I think he's put all that. Uh, I think he can, he can now sit at the table and eat with them now. <laughs> yep, the 26, big 26 carries 320 yards and a school record also with six rushing touchdowns on, on runs of five, four, 12, 76, one and nine yards. Oh, and he also completed 12 of 16 passes for 154 yards 70, 75%. And, another, and another touchdown. So I think he can sit at the family table now and and sit there very uh Absolutely. very happily by uh cuz his name is at the top of the record book in uh in Alma. And how about the Airedales? I mean they have, you know, after week 1 we were all kind of like, "Ooh." Yeah. And they have they've, they've turned, turned it, it around. Yeah. Now, got a big challenge this week and we'll talk a little bit more about that in here in a little bit. Uh Greenwood takes care of Greenbrier at Smith Robinson. I don't think anybody was was surprised about that one. There's some bigger games down the road for Green Greenwood for sure. How about Van Buren and what they did on the road at Lake Hamilton? I mean, you know, it didn't surprise me they went down to Lake Hamilton and won, but it does surprise me they went down to Lake Hamilton and mercy ruled Lake Hamilton. Yeah, it was forty two to seven at the half. Um defense, first three defensive possessions. For Van Buren, they recovered a fumble, forced a punt, recovered another another fumble, and made it twenty-one to nothing uh, early in the second quarter. They scored two touchdowns within a two-minute span of the second quarter. They scored two more touchdowns later in the second quarter and scored thirty-five points in the second quarter in a uh, forty-nine to twenty-eight win. When's the last time either of you guys went to a game at Lake Hamilton? Is, I, I don't have think you ever I've, been there? I, I've never been there. It, it's a really neat setting to play, <clears throat> and I think it's a really tough place to play too. But you, you, it's really kind of difficult to get to. Like you got to go to Hot Springs, but you got to get a little bit outside of Hot Springs into into the Piercy area. And 
Is it really uh, like on the lake, right off the lake? Uh, no, it's, I mean, I mean, the lake's it's close, close, but you can't really see it from there. But it's a, you know, they got this big brand new arena that's like right, you know, you know, and, and the Wolves, I mean, they, you know, it, they run the football, but man, and Tommy Gilleran, he's done a, he's been one of the best coaches, yeah. I think, in the 6A West for the last several years. Like he's really, that program has been really, really strong. That those are the the biggest storylines of the weekend, I think. And so now we kind of look look ahead to this week's games, and we're going to start in the seven A West, Rick. And you know the Battle of Springdale, you know, is not a matchup of two teams that are both at the top of the league, but it is a really really big game for both of them because, you know, when we talk about teams that are fighting for playoff spots, you know, these are two teams that are that are in that kind of position. Um, the winner is certainly going to be in a better spot because they both they both won a conference game. Both of them have beaten Heritage, but you know they both have to do it a little bit differently. Springdale's been running that, uh, you know, the, the it's not the triple option. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's power football. Yeah, the flex know. bone. Yeah, and you know Harbor is is throwing it all over the field and they got a really good strong running game and really good o- offense overall. So. I know you've covered this game a few, probably been at this game a few times, and you know over at Wildcat Stadium on on Friday, it's going to be a battle. I mean, it always is in a rivalry game. Well, these are Springdale kids, and man, they see each other all the time. Even though go, even though they go to different schools, they may pal around and everything. But that's who you want to be. You want to beat uh, your, your neighbor down the road. Oh, I go to Springdale Harbor. Yeah, big deal. I go to Springdale. Yeah, all right. Let's get on the field and settle this. So. That's that's who you want to be. I think I mentioned before you like to win uh, out of state games, and but man, it means so much to these kids to walk around mm-hmm. town the whole year and say, "Boy, we went to the playoffs and we won two games." Yeah, but uh, we beat y'all. So what? Uh, so that's really personal to these guys. Um, you know, it's not the big time rivalry like uh, when it was Springdale High against Fable, but this is important. To these kids. Um, I've been assigned that game, and I look forward to it. Another game, another big game in the in the seven A West is going to be Bentonville West at Rogers. A couple of one and one teams in the league, and you know, uh, Rogers has kind of been through the ringer here the first two games. They've really yeah. had, I mean, they've had some battles. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how the Mounties roll in. You know, they're, they haven't been at home in a while either. Um, I haven't played a home game I think since week two or three. And they're going to play a, a Bentonville West team that can certainly score some points. And I know kind of the message that is going to be going around for both these teams that they both probably feel like they got a chance to get this one. I mean, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, down the River Valley, Fayetteville is going to have to take the show on the road to Southside. And, you know, uh, just like we talked about with Rodgers, you know, the Mavericks have kind of been through the ringer here to open up conference play. And it doesn't get any easier this week, Leland, with Fayetteville coming in. Um, probably some uh, another chance for a high-scoring game. But I think the question I've got is, can that Southside running game figure out a way to, to run the ball against Fayetteville? Well, and, and like you said, that front four, maybe the front seven, really, for Fayetteville is so good. But, you know, both of these teams, Fayetteville and Southside, are kind of in the same position, uh, maybe in opposite ends, because Southside, of course, is coming off two tough games. Well, now they kind of face a must-win game. Maybe not a must-win, but, you know, they'd, Vital. They'd, they'd certainly like to come out of this three-game 
stretch with at least one win. Well, now Fayetteville has to kind of, they have to hit the road and play a good, a very good Southside team after coming off that big emotional win over Rogers, the battle of two unbeatens. So, you know, in the 7A West, nobody gets to take uh, very much time off. Um, and they, you know, they've got to go back to the, the drawing board. But yes, can Southside run the ball effectively against Fayetteville? And also, can Southside slow down Fayetteville's offense? Um, I think that's the two big things in that game. We'll see what happens from Jim Rowland Stadium. Uh, Walter Woody will be on the assignment there for, for our papers. Uh, Rogers Heritage will be at Bentonville. Uh, Bentonville will be heavy, heavily favored to win that one. Uh, Fort Smith Northside at Jonesboro. So, the, you know, Leland, you got to see the Grizzlies get a win last week against uh, Little Rock Central. Um, you know, that's a long trip from Northside to Jonesboro. So that's, you know, we'll just see what happens over there with uh, with that one. Yeah, I have no feel for that game at this point. You know, Northside had a great third quarter. They easily uh, won over Central to go, you know, 42 to 13. So have they kind of found their offensive stride now? I don't know. Jonesboro. It was only, you know, they lost to Bryant. It ended up being, um, you know, pretty big. I think it was 42 to 14, but it was a one score game at the half. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is, is which, which of these teams, which of these teams and what half of football will they be able to put together on Friday night? And it is at Jonesboro and you're right. That's an extremely, I mean, you think about Northside traveling to Jonesboro from one side of the state to another corner of the state, and it's a conference game. Uh, hey, Leland, I, I've made that when I lived in Fort Smith. Um, I'm from northeast Arkansas. You're going from the Arkansas River over here almost all the way over to the Mississippi River. That's how far that – and it, they ain't no, it, it's not um, easy to get there either. You can go no, 40, no. then you got to get up 65, then you got to go 555, then you got to uh, get into Jonesboro and find a high school. So that is a really difficult trip. And if Northside comes away with uh, a win over there, not that, uh, you know, uh, Jonesboro not a great team, but they're a good team. But if they come away with the win after making that long trip, uh, they'll deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, Leland, you'll be uh, in the 6A West. You'll be at the Russellville Van Buren game. And I know that, and that has all the potential probably for uh, a fun game, I think. Um, one of the games that uh, that I I thought would be a good one is going to be Alma at Pea Ridge. So, you know, one, can Alma keep up the good string of play that they've had? Yep. And two, can Pea Ridge get back off the deck and, and get back? And, and uh, you Because know, we think – I like to think they're a better team than what they showed on Friday night. You know, didn't really play well against Dardanelle and – um, you know, they're going to play an Alma team that is really rolling right now. So, you know, again, we'll, we'll, we'll just see what happens. I think last week I talked about uh, P. Ridge's surprise team in our area. Then they lose the Darnell. So they look a little bit vulnerable. But like you said, you know, see if you can get home and straighten some things out. You know, Shiloh Christian's making the trip over to, to Harrison on Friday, that's going to be, you know, a good one. I, you, know, you just don't walk into F.S. Gary. You don't walk no. into Crooked Creek yeah. and go mess around the goblins like that. So that's we'll it. we'll we'll see about it. Uh, you know, uh, 
in the 4A1, Ozark at Lincoln. We've already talked about that one. That, that mm, I, you know, was Lincoln looking ahead? I don't know, but, you know, they're sure, they, I'm sure they've got Ozark's attention this week for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So, and then uh, just another, you know, there, there's a, a full schedule of games, folks, but then the, there, there's one game in the 3A1 I'm looking at, and Leland, I want you to chime in here too. Mansfield at Charleston. So you're looking at a, a 5 and 0 Mansfield team playing the the poor 2 and 3 Charleston Tigers, you know, but records could be deceiving, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Charleston's still the defending 3A state champions and they're still very good. You know, you look at the three games they played non-conference and just throw that out. All that was was a learning experience for a very very young Charleston team because they lost to uh, Elkins, Ozark, and Nashville. Yep. All three of those are 4A schools, and they're a combined 12 and 3, those three schools. So just forget about the fact that Charleston went 0 and 3 in those three games. Mm -hmm. Forget it. That was just some on the job training for some very young, uh, uh, you know, some pups that the uh that the tigers are bringing along so don't don't play anything don't put anything into that record now mansfield is five and oh for the first time in uh i think it's six years uh which i put in my capsule but uh you know and they're very good they're very mm. good uh you know i'll i'll touch on them a little bit later but that's that is the game of the week and in, in the 3a1 yes sir and a lot of big games still to come all right, we are going to take a little break, and when we get back, uh, we will go with our top five of the week. If you're enjoying this podcast, consider a newspaper subscription to the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette or the River Valley Democrat Gazette. We have a special offer for our podcast listeners, so visit nwaonline.com slash podcast23 to get started. You can also click the subscribe button on our websites, nwaonline.com and rivervalleydemocratgazette.com. Or call us at 479-684-5509 and be sure to say that you're a podcast listener. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Prep Rally Podcast, sponsored by West Termite Pest and Lawn. Graham Thomas and Rick Fires here in Fayetteville in the studio, and, and Leland Barclay is in the River Valley. And gentlemen, we're going to jump into the the weekly top five, and we're going to throw things a little differently this week. We'll let Leland start us off. Well, I didn't even try to narrow mine down to five. I'm oh, just going to start with I'm just going to start with seven A in the River Valley because what a week of football it was. Uh, Northside, of course, forty two to thirteen over Central. But Northside had 63 yards of offense in the first half, three first downs on 28 offensive plays, but they still had seven to six. They get the second half kickoff. They're driving. Central recovers a fumble, takes it in for a touchdown, and they're up 13 to seven early in the third quarter. Northside then scored six touchdowns or four touchdowns within a six minute span of the third quarter to take command. Wow. Northside had 30 offensive plays for 263 yards in the third quarter, and McLean Moody was 12 of 25 for 258 and three touchdowns just in the third quarter. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was they re, Northside recovered an onside kick, and they also recovered a pooch kick 
that just hit the ground and Northside was the first one there to to pick it up and uh what a what a offensive performance or at least what a quarter for Northside. And of course then in 6A, Van Buren goes down to Lake Hamilton, wins 49 to 28. Van Buren scored 35 points just in the second quarter. They also got a fumble return, so it was an offensive defensive uh you know effort by Van Buren. Also in 6A Greenwood took care of Greenbrier 35 to seven with their fifth straight mercy rule. And then in four, a Lamar goes to Haskell Harmony Grove and they, they get a field goal. It's 14 to 14 at the half late in the game. It's still 14 to 14. They line up to kick a 35 yard field goal and it hits one of their, their offensive linemen and The officials, the officials blow the play dead, which it's a live ball. So they go and explain it to both sides. And by rule, Clark, um, Lamar can either take the ball there or replay the down. So they line up and then kick a 35 yard field goal to basically win the game. And then they get an interception late, but Louie Balmer kicked a 35 yard field goal on a second attempt and they win 17 to 14. So what wait, wait, wait. Uh, so was it fourth down when they kicked it? Yes, it was fourth down, but it's a live ball. And they they the officials blew the play. It was an inadvertent whistle which blew oh, the play dead. Okay. I yeah. gotcha. So by wow. definition, the offense gets to choose. You can either have the, you know, take the ball there and replay the down or well, you know, replay the down. Yeah. And uh no penalty or anything like that. Uh, and then, of course, 5A Alma, 56 to 35, with the big performance by uh, by um, by Jackson Daly. But I'm saving the best for last in the 3A one. Hackett was down 35 to seven um, in the second quarter. They come back and win 42 to 35. They scored two touchdowns at the end of the second quarter, scored another one in the third quarter, and then scored two including a cold catch and one yard run with 245 left to win that game 42 to 35 after being down 35 to 7 in the second quarter that was which was La- a, a who they beat who Lavaca right uh Lavaca okay. which was a big win Lavaca was up 35 to 7 uh Hackett had two late turnovers uh forced two late turnovers uh one of them to set up the touchdown and then the other one to preserve the win. And then the Mansfield went to Greenland and won 65 to nothing. They were up 30 to nothing after the first quarter, 51 to nothing with 851 left in the second quarter, led 58 to nothing at the half, had three running backs over a hundred yards. They too are running kind of the flex bone, had three running backs over a hundred yards and won 65 to nothing to set up that big game this week um, against Charleston. All right. So I don't know how many that was, but that was. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it though. I mean, that's a lot of. Maybe great that was stuff the, there. the River Valley in three minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, be sure and turn in, tune into the River Valley Report. You're going to hear a lot, a lot more details on probably uh, a lot of the same stuff Leland just talked about. So be sure and look for that. How about this? In 6A and below, well, you know, I'm just taking a really alternate route this week because there, there's just a lot here that I wanted to get You're to. You're taking the scenic route since we're getting into fall? Yeah. Well, something like that. Uh, 
we, we yeah, there's a lot going on. There's been golf, there's volleyball, uh, some cross country stuff. So I'm just going to start. Uh, I got to cover the the six A girls golf tournament state tournament here last week at Springdale Country Club, and uh, two two significant things come out of that. One is Harbor's senior Charlie Horton wins the overall tournament. She shoots a 76 one day, a 77 the next day. For a two-day total of 153, is a 6A individual state champion on her home course. You just you couldn't you couldn't have it any better. I mean, just a great job by Charlie Horton and uh, Coach Tim Rippey, who I, I know real well. He uh, was really happy for her as well. And, and the really cool thing was like all the you know this that Springdale Country Club, which is where Harbor plays, and all the folks there just were so happy for her. Yeah, I mean, just a really cool deal. Like now, our girl, our player. Yeah, yeah, this is our girl. And, you know, Harbor girls were three-time defending state champions coming in. They they finished uh, seventh, I think. Uh, they did make it to the second day. But for uh, for a Harbor girl to win it was really special. Uh, now, the first day of the tournament doubled as the, as the 6A West Conference Tournament. And you know, all year long, it's kind of been Rogers and Fayetteville. And then the 6A West, and, and when they would have all the teams in to, to play, you know, a tournament or something. Rogers Fable. Rogers Fable. How about the Bentonville girls coming out of nowhere and winning the conference title? Just, you know, I thought that was a really cool story. Uh, Coach Lindsey Davis and or her team, you know, they didn't, they didn't have anybody shoot super low, but they are all kind of just where they needed to be to make that work. And they uh, – you know, won the won the conference championship, and uh, was just a really cool deal. Um, over in uh, Salem Springs on Thursday night of last week, I got to watch a a real barn burner of a volleyball game between Salem Springs and Mountain Home. Um, Salem Springs is up two zero. Mountain Home comes back and wins the next two. Salem oh. Springs wins the third set. There wins the fifth set for a three two win. Uh, Haley Thomas, no relation. But I'd, I'd claim her if I could. <laughs> 47 assists, uh, the setter. Wow. And she's a good – she plays on one of the Ozark Juniors teams over here that's been really, really good. Uh, she's a good player. 47 assists. And then Jetta Brocard, who's also a really good soccer player, uh, had a career-high 24 kills in that win for the Lady Panthers, who, you know, they've, they've been down a little bit, Rick. I mean, they used to be so good, you know, winning all those state titles with uh, Coach Cheek. Been down a little bit. They're, they're trying to, yeah. you know, get back up and, and play in a really tough league. Um, we talked about the Gravit Lincoln game, uh, the the football game that is, and then Gravit with the thirty six thirty four win. How about this freshman Joseph Beam returns an interception twenty four yards for a touchdown that puts Gravit in front thirty six to twenty eight late in the game and ends up being the the winning point margin. So. How about that? A freshman. Freshman. Man. Big man on campus this week. Yep. Uh, we're going to keep it on the west side of Benton County, which, uh, you know, the Gentry Pioneers with another 500 yards of offense in a, in a win against, um, I believe it was Huntsville this last week. Um, and then they'll they'll get Green Forest this week and probably have a chance to, to they, they, they could just really move the football there. They have a lot of offensive weapons. Um, and a uh, little, little plug here. We got a, a story coming 
later in the week on Addie Taylor of Gentry, who's a senior. The, the guys like Cordell Stewart, he can he can play receiver, he can play running back, he can play quarterback, he can punt. I mean, he can do he can do it all. So looking forward to that, uh, being able to do that one later in the week. And last, over at the Chili Pepper, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take it down to the junior high ranks here. But I noticed that Maggie Bishop, an eighth grader at Providence Academy, finished first in the middle school girls race. Um, there were something like 440 girls in that race, and Maggie, this is this was a 2K, not a two mile, but a 2K. Ran it in seven minutes, fifty-two point six seconds, and finished first overall. And that's my top five. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Of all the great sc schools that come to Chili Pepper, I'm going to start off with uh, cross country and Chili Pepper because that's such a huge event up here. Team college teams from all over the country here, um, high school, Texas, Kansas, they all come up here. But um, Haley Lowe from Bentonville High School, one of the girls meet, set a meet record. Just think about that. Of all the chili peppers they had, she finished the 5,000-meter race in 17 uh, minutes, 3.1 seconds. I remember watching, I covered this last year, um, she's verbal commitment to Tennessee. And I, I know she's an Arkansas girl now, but she's originally from Wisconsin, so don't be too upset that she hadn't committed to the Hogs. But uh, when I saw her last year, I knew she was big time, and she did a big time thing uh, last Saturday. Uh, let's go to volleyball. Uh, we can talk about um, uh, Fayetteville. They're a dominant volleyball team. They've won multiple state titles. But Reagan Harper got her 1,000th kill. Now, this is not hunting. This is not going out and uh, shooting a buck or something. This is a volleyball. When you go, you go up to the net, you jump over there and you spike it. And if I was out there, it hit me on the head, knocked me over. That's a kill right there. So that's what, and she got her a thousand. Fayetteville continues to roll, and congratulations to Reagan Harper on uh, surpassing that milestone, 1,000 kills. Now, I've got to go back to football. We've already talked about it a lot. Fayetteville 47-42 over Rodgers, big-time shootout. We knew it was going to happen. Drake Lindsey, six touchdown passes. Dane Williams, Rodgers, six touchdown passes six touchdown passes, but I got to point out, uh, somebody had to make a play on defense. I'm on the sideline. I said, somebody's got to make a play. We can't go 65, 64 or something. And, and Landon Jones, he's an outside linebacker. We heard his name a lot on the PA system Friday night. And, um, when Rodgers was forced to take that safety late, late in the game because Landon Jones got the sack on that on, mm -hmm. on Dane Williams. So he had, I, I think at least three or four sacks. He was a terror coming off the edge, and um, uh, when he got that sack late, that that enabled Rodgers get the ball, uh, Fable get the ball back. They eventually won. Uh, other quarterbacks: Carter Nye, Bentonville. He had six six touchdown passes, including 75-yard strike to C.J. Brown on the first play from scrimmage. Bentonville West, even Dalton uh, Rice. 254 yards, five touchdown passes, and went only, over Springdale. Only five. Only five. Oh, man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's having he's, a good year. He's got to work on it a little <laughs> bit. But uh, that's all I got. A lot of offense, a lot of kids doing great things. Get out here and watch some of these kids uh, at the high school level before they're starting in NFL or college. Man, I'm all fired up. There's been a lot of good stuff this week, guys. Can we, like, start – can we just – Head back out to the field like right now? Yeah, Thursday. <laughs> Thursday football. Let's go. Let's do it.
Folks, you can listen to Prep Rally at nwaonline.com, or you can watch it on YouTube or anywhere where you get your podcasts. You can, you can listen to it. Um, I'd like to thank our sponsor, West Termite Pest and Lawn. Thank you for being our sponsor. And, gentlemen, it's, it's, been, a fun, it's been a fun podcast, and we'll hope to have a lot of good stuff for you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Um, for Graham, or sorry, for Graham Thomas, what am I saying? What? <laughs> You're him. <laughs> uh, what was that? What's that line from Austin Powers? Right. Allow myself to introduce myself. myself. <laughs> <laughs> for Rick Fires, for Leland Barclay in the River Valley, I'm Graham Thomas, and thank you for listening to Prep Rally. The proceeding has been a production of Prep Rally Podcasts. Find us on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and more. And be sure to follow our hosts on social media.